Welcome back, guys. Today's episode, we are shifting our focus to look out for the people that make us successful, our clients. of companies who provide great customer experiences and customer satisfaction do much better than their competitors. And I believe that 100%. Me too. I mean, I don't even think we need a stat to even know that or think about that. Yeah, yeah. Right, yes, to justify it. Before we get into this episode, Megan, do you know your biggest lead source, like where you get all of your like inquiries? Do you track all that stuff? Yeah, I do. I track all of it through HoneyBook because HoneyBook is awesome with that. My highest leads is actually through The Knot, but my Mm -hmm. best quality leads is through vendor referrals. I love that. So that's word of mouth. The reason I asked that is most of my client base is actually either vendor referrals or client referrals. Mm -hmm. So word of mouth is your best bet with getting your business out there and visible to people. So if you're providing a good experience, of course, people are going to tell other people about that. Right, exactly. If you're taking care of somebody, they are going to they're going to want to share just because it's something that they they had a positive experience with somebody. So Mm -hmm. they want the people that they love and the people that are around them to also have a positive experience with a vendor like that. Yeah. I think it's awesome to track that and to see where your leads are coming from. So if you aren't doing Mm -hmm. that, you guys need to find a way. Yeah. Even if you're not using HoneyBook, there has got to be some programs out there or some kind of, if you can create like an Excel spreadsheet or something, just something for you to be able to track where all of this is coming in. Because then you can also focus on more of your advertising dollars into the areas that you are getting the most, you know, the most leads and the highest quality leads too. So we want to start out the episode talking about end of the year check-ins because we are now nearing the end of the year. And it's really important to be checking in with your clients once we get to this time, not only for the holidays, but also just in general to basically put like a cap on the end of the year and to have a some like kind of finality to it. Yeah, I do this every year. I don't know about you, Megan, but my brides for the year, I will send them a small customized gift and a thank you card at the end of the year. Yeah. I love that you do that and I need to do it. And I even thought about doing little cards, like making little cute cards to send out, even if it's just something small to know that I'm thinking about them. And I thought it was so nice this year. I actually got um, maybe three uh, Christmas cards from brides from this year. Oh, I love it when I get those types of things in the, in the mail. It's so cute. And like, I put them on my tree because I think they're adorable. I think they're like, I don't know. I just think it's so cute to like commemorate that and remember around this time, just like who, you know, like what makes your business, like the lifeblood of your business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Megan, maybe next year you need to think about how you can like outsource client gifts. So what I do whenever I book a new client, I have just like a post-it note list and I put the couple's name and their wedding date on there. Mm -hmm. And so once I get to like November That's when I reach out to, I actually use Sarah. She makes customized um, ornaments out of wood and she hand paints them. And I always place my order with her early because she sells out really quickly. But she got them to me the end. Actually, it was October when I did it this year. Last year, I did it in November and I was worried I wouldn't get them in time. But 
it doesn't take me that much time to go online, order them from Sarah, and then she mails them to me, and then I just write a quick little card and pop it in the mail to them. I always get pictures from my clients. They'll take a picture of it on their tree and send me a text or tag me on social media and thank me for it. So thoughtfulness goes so far. It really does. And I know I need to plan ahead for it. So that's something I'm going to give myself a demerit for this <laughs> for this year because I just didn't think about it. It wasn't on my brain at all until you get to a point where you're like, okay, now it's too late. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, you get, it's too much. It'd be too much stress for me to do it now, but definitely for next year, that is one of my biggest goals to focus on it. Maybe even October. You know what yeah. I think it is? This is just now a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's because October and beginning of November for me is such a like go, 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 go busy time Mm -hmm. that by the time that I get to the end of November when I should start planning for these things that I just like it goes out the window. Like I get into this mode of like relaxation and I just want to chill out and do the holidays. So I think maybe next year I focus on in September, like make a list get a plan together and prepare in advance. So I don't feel like I'm struggling at the end. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have that running list. So as I book a wedding, like if it's for that year, I have it on a list. So when it is time to like put in the order for that, I don't have to scramble and organize everything. It's all right there. And I just type it all up for Sarah and I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. No, that makes it so much easier. And you know me, I'm going to make a freaking Excel spreadsheet. Yes, you are. (laughs) I love it. I'm going to have fun with it. (laughs) So another point, um, moving away from thank you cards and custom gifts and everything, sending out a feedback survey at the end of the year is really, really important. And I would maybe wait until after Christmas. What do you think about that, Kate? Yeah. I think a lot of people are distracted with the holidays. So this is something you could even send at the beginning of the new year. Megan, we talked about this earlier. The end of the year is like purge time for me. I want to start off fresh. And so I always tend to purge my email inbox and stuff like that. The beginning of the year is a good way to start off if you want to implement new things or grow. Mm -hmm. Definitely send that out after the holidays when people have settled down a little bit. Yeah, I think after the holidays is a good idea because of that exact reason. People are settled down a little bit. They probably, you know, hopefully have some time off where they might be able to kind of work this into their schedule and everything. And a good way that you guys can do this, I'm going to link in the resources survey monkey. We might've mentioned it at some point, but it's a free tool. You can send out surveys with, um, I think it's free up to like a certain number of people, but I'm sure, you know, the, our audience doesn't have thousands and thousands thousands of people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you guys will fit into the number of people that you can, you know, send out the surveys to. But a really good thing is just think about your client process and think about different ways that you, you can ask them to like actually get the truth out of them. Because I think sometimes people want to be nice to a fault just because they just like, oh, you know, they don't want to say anything bad. But Mm -hmm that you're never going to learn from that. And you want your clients to tell you like, okay, yeah, you really could do a little bit better in this area, or, you know, you really could follow up more in this area. So don't be afraid to get some hard advice back. Constructive if you know what criticism. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid of constructive criticism because it can be really helpful. So it's worth it. Yeah. And if you guys are literally just starting and you only have a couple people that you've served this past year, just craft up a very personalized email and ask them a couple questions and ask them if they have the time to give you honest feedback. Or you could go to your friends and family. When I started out, I was doing photo shoots 
literally just for my friends and family. And I asked my mm -hmm. friends for feedback on how I could make not only the photo shoot experience better, but the follow-up leading to up to the photo shoot and following the photo shoot. And it was very useful. And it honestly made me realize that I needed someone to coach me in the mm -hmm. business side of running my business. Well, I think that's a, a really good point that you make, Kate, is to even reach out to friends and family and don't feel like just because you have either friends and family or a very small client list for this year, it doesn't mean that you, that feedback isn't necessary or helpful because mm -hmm. any little bit of extra feedback to help your process is going to be helpful. I agree. Um, and then from there, just after you get all this feedback and constructive criticism and everything, compile all of these surveys together or all of these notes and just brainstorm how you can implement this feedback. So maybe, you know, write down all of the different things that people have said and then look for where you're lacking and how you can fill in those holes to just change it up and actually answer that feedback and make it into a... Um, like an, an actual constructive process. Before we move on to anything else, have you ever gotten constructive criticism and have you taken that and made your business better with that advice? Um, that's kind of a hard question, Kate. And if we're being honest, I had to brainstorm that a little bit. Um, put her but on the spot, guys. <laughs> she did, but in a good way, because that's you need to have friends that put you on the spot and ask you the important questions. So I think the biggest feedback would be, or biggest constructive criticism would be something like somebody, you know, leaving an appointment feeling like they had on too much makeup or they didn't feel like themselves. So that would be probably the biggest takeaway for people because I think, and that comes down to, I put that on me. That is an issue that I am having then because it means that I'm not asking them enough questions. I'm not finding out enough about their lifestyle and what they normally do and what their normal face is. And then I'm also not educating enough to, for them to know that, you know, makeup has to be very different for photography versus real life. And it's hard sometimes for us to find that balance. Mm -hmm. So I, again, it goes back to constructive criticism being important and you cannot go home and let it tear you apart that somebody said something like that, because the reality is that it sucks, but it is on you, you know, yeah. most of the time it's on you for not following through with your end of this, you know, of this bargain. So I think that overall hearing that kind of advice is something that I need to hear. I need to have constructive criticism for me to be able to get better for people. Yeah. And I think that's so important for especially service-based entrepreneurs. We are constantly creating experience for other people, not ourselves. And it's easy mm. when you're starting out to think about, okay, how would I want this to be? Or how would I want this to flow? And that's why it comes back to our clients are the ones that make our business. And so we need to cater our experience around them. So yeah. since you shared, I'll share one of mine. I got some feedback that my online digital gallery was too difficult for people to figure out how to work because you can buy mm. prints, you can download the high resolution files. And so I didn't want to just send the help guide from the platform that I use to my clients. I wanted something with my branding. So I actually created blog posts with screenshots from the gallery and large photos on where they go to do certain things. And whenever I deliver a gallery, that link goes in with it. 
And so now I never, I haven't gotten any issues with people not knowing how to work my gallery. Right. It comes down to education. Like you were actually taking the step and saying, okay, I'm going to educate them on this maybe hard or difficult step that not everybody has to, like, not everybody has to download photos from a Mm -hmm. photographer's gallery all the time. So I think that, yeah, the education piece of it is a big part of helping your clients process a little bit better. And this, I feel like it has a lot to do with what you do, um, like following up with past clients to see if they need any kind of additional help or services or anything. I feel like, especially within photography, like reaching back out and saying, Hey, did you need help ordering prints? Or would you like to order prints or something? I think that's such a good time, the end of the year check-in to go back to your clients and say like, you know, is this, is there anything else that I can do for you to help our experience better? And I think this kind of falls in with our next segment, which is throughout the year check-ins. But what I did this year before I launched my minis, and I've talked about this on a previous episode, I sent out a email blast to all of my past clients and told them about my mini sessions coming up and I created that anticipation and it actually helped my booking process through the busiest month of the year for me. So this Mm. is also a good way to kind of jumpstart your busy seasons and kind of get most of the groundwork out of the way. So it's not just all piled on you in one time. Yeah. Well, and this is with photography, so it might be different service to or service industry to service industry, but most people are like, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten photos done. I need fall photos for my Christmas card I'm going to send out. And literally from October through the end of November, I have been slammed and I'm still booking sessions into December. And these are the people that waited too long and still want pictures for Mm -hmm. family albums and stuff like that, which I'm not complaining. There are ways to kind of make that your busy season a lot easier by letting people know sooner and booking them sooner. Right. Let them know well in advance that you're, or maybe well in advance that you're having a sale or something. If you have a product that you're having certain things go on clearance or something. So I think that again, it goes back to educating. Yeah. Even for product-based businesses, you could say, hey, this is coming to the site soon. It might not even be on sale, but it's something new you've added. Or if you're offering something on pre-order, if you have like an audio book or a course or something, you can um, build up anticipation for it and have wait lists and stuff for that. So that's another good way to build up the demand for your, your service or product. And I think for you too, and especially around this holiday time and what you were talking about, how like planning ahead for something like fall mini sessions for Christmas cards and stuff. I think that also goes back to taking the stress off of your clients, because if you are reminding your clients like, hey, let's get your fall photos done so you can use them for your Christmas card this year. They might not have even been thinking, think about me. I wasn't thinking about my Christmas cards that early. And if your client gets this email from you in September, they're like, oh crap, I do have to schedule that. Let's get that on the books now before I forget about it. Well, and also your client could be saying, oh, she's thinking of me. She knows I forget this every year, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so that adds more trust and value to your client booking you. So throughout the year, obviously we said we can send out newsletters and stuff when you have new things coming out. But another thing I really like to do is to remember birthdays and anniversaries. And Megan, you have this useful tool that you told me about, which I need to check out. Um, Yeah. What's it called? Postable? It's called Postable. So it's super easy. It's basically, I describe it as an online address book. So I don't do like a lot of pen and paper stuff. I am like all in digital Digital. because I just find it easier. Yeah. So 
it's fine. It's a digital address book. So you can just send a link out. So you could send out a batch email to all of your clients and it could be in there to say like, Hey, please fill out this information. So I have all of my clients addresses and phone numbers and birthdays and anniversaries and it's all in one place. And then you can even, it's really cool when you guys go into the platform, you can even, even separate it out by like personal and business contacts and stuff. So Mm, yeah, so I have like all of my friends in there as, you know, personal, whatever. And then any client that comes into that um, can just go listed right under business. That's a good way to have a backup in case something happens to your phone or you lose all your contacts or something. You've got it backed up in another place. Like that's Mm -hmm. very useful. Can you set up like birthdays and anniversary dates in there and will it remind you? Yes. It reminds you. I have my reminders turned off right now. It reminds you, not just that, that I don't do this on there and maybe I will at some point, but it even, um, you can send out like automatic cards, like birthday cards to them. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) It's a paid service. You know, of course you have to pay for that, but it's, you know, you can say like, okay, I want to send out automatic, you know, as soon as any person on here has a birthday, it's an automatic card. That would be really useful for like, doctor's offices, real estate agents. The object is to be in front of your client as much as Mm -hmm. you can so you're fresh on their mind when it comes to when, you know, they have a problem that you can solve. And I think that's great. I'm more of a like handwritten card because I feel like it's a lost art (laughs) to Mm -hmm. send something handwritten. But yeah, send out a card, an email, or you can do that postables thing where you just put it in there and they send one for you if you that Mm -hmm. isn't your jam. Thoughtfulness goes a long way. Another thing you can do is send out email campaigns. And this kind of ties in with like newsletters and stuff about your sales and all that stuff. Megan, I think you do this. When you publish a blog, you also send out an email letter letting them know that you have this new info out on the website, which I think is a genius way to just keep in touch and stay in front of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always send out new blogs um, that I've written or whatever. I've always sent out to like if there's just new new information about my business. So like when I moved from the one location to the bigger location, I sent out an email to everybody of like, hey, just so you know, if you've seen me before in this other location, I will now be here. And just sending out batch emails, even for specific things like that, even if that client has not seen you in like a year or so, they're still going to be remembered of that. And if you have a really good client experience and you're taking care of your client in the moment, they're then going to be brought back to that feeling that you had created for them when you actually created the service. And if it's a happy memory, that's what you want. You want them to now be reminded of this happy moment with you. All right, Megan, what do you think about taking a break? Let's do it. Let's get some water. Okay. We'll see you guys soon. HoneyBook has been a saving grace for my business, and I wanted to save your business too. HoneyBook is a powerful client management system that helps you organize everything to keep your clients informed and happy. From contracts, proposals, invoices, email templates, and more, it is everything you need in one tool. We wanted to share our 50% off discount link in our show notes for your first year. In a later episode, we will be doing a deep dive into the ways that HoneyBook can work for you. Claim your 50% off discount now by going to our show notes or visiting balancingthebiz.com. Okay, guys. So we just got back from our break. We took a little standing and water break. And I think, Kate, we should implement this into every recording, right? Oh, yeah, definitely.
I'm here for it. I love it. Um, so yeah, let's jump into how you can improve your client experience. This is a big piece of taking care of your clients because they are the lifeblood of your business, guys. They are what keep your lights on. It's a crazy thing to think about, but it's the truth mm -hmm. and you should be babying that. Well, they're your biggest supporters when you think about it. Mm -hmm. They are your biggest fans. They are the people that are keeping your business you know, up and running. I really think the first step of that is just perfecting your booking process when people are initially working with you just to make it flow super smooth. You want to make it a no-brainer. Make it easy for them to book with you. It's just like, oh, I just have to do these two things and I'm done and I can book with her. It just makes it like, oh, snip, snap, I'm done. Yeah, and that goes along with making sure that you're responding to emails promptly because, you know, it can make or break if you're going to, you know, book a client if you wait too long to respond to people. Mm-hmm. And Kate, how, you can let me know how you feel about this. I, so I have my hours very, like, prevalent on my website and within all of my emails and it's even in, like, every person knows Mm -hmm. what my my hours are so when i have my off hours so i don't answer emails normally like friday saturday sunday because mm -hmm. oftentimes it's like weddings or other events and it just it gets to be too much so i make that very clear to people and so i will answer emails monday through thursday you know within 24 hours normally it's going to be answered by then mm -hmm. um how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about not answering, like being very specific about not answering emails or like, you know, working during, you know, specific hours? Um, I agree with that, having boundaries. And I typically don't respond to emails after like outside of the eight to five window. Mm -hmm. And if I do have a time block in the evening where I sit down to answer emails, I will schedule them to go out the next day. And mm -hmm. I do that intentionally just to set the bar for I'm not going to respond to your emails until working hours. But I do make an exception. Um, like if I get an inquiry on the weekends, because like me, I'm shooting Friday, Saturday, Sunday usually. But if I get a wedding inquiry, you know, of course I have a thank you email. I'll respond to you you know, within 48 hours or something like that. But if I really want to book that client, I will go ahead and email them, you know, mm. with it like on the weekend. That's the only right. exception that I make because most of the time people who are shopping for wedding photographers, they want that immediate response so they can start to get to know you and figure out who they're going to book. Because most of the time they're not just reaching out to one photographer, they're reaching out to multiple and comparing prices and styles and all that stuff. And then sometimes people are just going to book the first person that responds back to them. So Yeah, which is crazy to me, but that's a I've, reality. I've lost clients because I didn't respond quick enough. So lesson learned there. So that's the only exception on the weekends that I make. But most of my clients understand that I'm not going to respond to them on weekends because they know that I'm a photographer and weekends are usually my busiest days. Right, right. And that's, I think, you know, I think it's good to set the boundaries and have the rules in place and follow them, you know, maybe 85% of the time. And then the other 15% of the time is when you make those exceptions. Like you're saying, you know, you have an inquiry come in and it's like a quick, maybe you don't have a shoot for a couple hours or something. I think it's good to have the boundaries in place, but then, you know, fudge it a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. I don't really like 
texting clients now if they're like Mm-mm. if i've established a relationship and they're more like friends and i've worked with them before that's fine but new clients i do not like texting and i will actually respond in an email if they text me same here i do not like texting clients at all i think that it's very i think maybe if i had like a business phone it would be different because i could just put my business phone away and turn it off and you know not look at it until business hours mm-hmm. and with email it's very easy to do that just set it off you know for those amount of for those for that specific time but yeah no i do not text either i answer in an email i mean i think it's more professional to respond back in an email personally but i i keep my email notifications turned off on my phone and i mm-hmm. have certain times when it like first thing in the morning i will check my email usually like midday like around lunchtime and then once before i kind of turn off for finish the day. up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that only check their email once a day. Yep. They go through, they have like an hour time block where they say, okay, I'm going to go through emails and any, like anything that is prompting me to, you know, follow up. And then after that, they don't take a look. So if that's something that you feel like would help you guys answer emails better or have a certain schedule or routine to it, try it out for a week or two. See if you say, okay, every single day, Monday through Thursday, I'm going to go through my emails at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you're done, maybe you have lunch or something. So I think sometimes setting up a routine for that might be a good way to kind of knock it off the list and not feel so overwhelming. And I need to be better about scheduling emails because I will, sometimes you just, I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs feel this. Sometimes I just feel the urge to work at like 8 p.m. Oh, hey girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not in like a toxic way or like, it's like just you get a because second I'm like, minute. oh, hey. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hey, I could get some stuff done right now. Um, So I think I have to be better about remembering to schedule the emails rather than just like sending them off. I'm surprised you don't use the scheduling part in HoneyBook. I do when I remember. Right now, I just don't use it. Like I love the tool and it's just a matter of me like not remembering before i'll literally hit the send button and be like damn i should have schedule sended that and then i'll do it to the next email and it's like such a i need to like put a little post-it note on my computer to be like schedule send i always i always look at the time before i hit send on an email because Mm. i was bad at doing that and since i've been doing that sometimes i will just like automatically schedule them even if it's like if i want it to send an hour from when i'm typing it like i'll just schedule Mm -hmm. it Maybe that's a good way. That's a good point that you make, Kate. This episode is all about changing what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) I should just schedule all emails so then I know that it's during business hours rather than me just hitting send. I'm going to do that. Your future self will thank you because sometimes like with me, if I respond outside of my working hours, then it it opens up for the client to like email me at like 10 11 o'clock at night and i'm not it's pandora's box yep yep it just you never know what's going to come from that so i will report back to you guys in next week's episode about how my uh, little schedule send emails kind of worked out yeah maybe um starting in the new year we can do an episode on our different workflows for different things oh i would love that you know i'd love to talk about workflows yes of course (laughs) (laughs) so this goes more into workflows and everything but really taking the time to sit down and write out your entire process with a client so you can find the holes in your process and fill them um, just with different things. So if let's say you feel like there's too much time in between your first booking to 
the next time that you have to touch base with them. Maybe fill in another little touch point for them. Just give them some kind of education or some kind of tip or something. And that could be an automated email. If you use HoneyBook, it's if you put that into your workflow, you will it'll look way better on you. And it might take you like 30 minutes when you're first starting out to actually create the email and everything. But then once you put it into your workflow, it's done and you look 10 times better to a client. Oh yeah. Having that seamless process that you don't even have to think about or touch alleviates so much stress off of you too, because you're like, oh, I haven't talked to that client in five days. I need to send a follow-up email. But that's Mm -hmm. why I love HoneyBook because I can set all that up and it does the work for me and I can focus more on doing photo shoots and editing photos and all these other things that pull me in different directions. Right, right. Okay, so a good point is to think about different questions that people might have throughout your booking process and create an FAQ page to send when they require when they inquire. So you can send it over right as a link at the bottom of the email or something, but this will be a good way. Sometimes clients aren't even thinking about different questions that you know clients should be asking or are mm-hmm. asking in your process. And this is a good touch point for them to see like, okay, like, yeah, that's a good point. I really should talk to them about that. And it just puts you, I think, in a place of being a industry leader. And when you're educating them like that, they trust you a little bit more, I think, too. Yeah, I agree 100%. I did an FAQ page and um, our designer, Sarah, helped me with it. And since I've created that and sent it out to people, I have, I think I put like 10 or 11 typical questions that I get ranging from like, how long until I get my gallery you know, how many people can I bring to a photo shoot? How much is it to purchase the high-res images? Do I get a free consultation with an inquiry? You know, all these random things Mm -hmm. that people have asked in the past, and it saves so much time with back and forth with having Mm -hmm. to answer those with people. Yeah, if you're filling them in and educating them from the beginning, it's going to be way less work on you because it's all done. It's all right there, and you can send it to every single client that you're working with. Yeah, and it's building trust to you. Mm-hmm. because they're coming to you. You know what you're talking about at that point. You're establishing, like you said, as a leader. Right, right. Okay, so next we want to talk about investing in coaching or mentoring to grow. So if you feel like you're stagnant or if there's something missing in your business and you really can't figure it out, sometimes it's good to have an outsider who you pay to care about you and your business to give you honest and valuable feedback that you can implement and you know, structure your business better. And this is something I did in the beginning before I even started my business. And I preach this all the time that it is the best decision I ever made. And I cut my learning curve down probably five to 10 years because Mm -hmm. I hired someone who had been in the industry for like 10 years. Um, Yeah, I can definitely see. I feel like five to 10 years is a good ballpark number of hiring a coach right when you're first starting out. I think that if everybody just took, even if it was like 1500 to two grand and threw it into them, into their business right from the start to invest, you would be miles ahead of where you were if you didn't do that. It helped me with my confidence too, because I didn't really know what I was doing. And that was a weakness for me. And you know what I did? I I was working part-time trying to figure out how to get my business off the ground. And I asked people for my birthday and Christmas for money to pay for my coach. And I love that. (laughs) My family pretty much paid off my coach for me, which is awesome. So there are definitely ways. And I set up a payment plan. I didn't have that money up front. So there are definitely ways to be able to work that into your lifestyle, no matter what point you're at. Um, Oh yeah. There's a coach for everybody. 
Yeah, I was just about to say, sometimes you need a sales coach or sometimes you need a marketing coach, someone to help you like up your game. Right now I'm doing a course that helps me unlearn these limiting beliefs that I've had from childhood. And that's more of a like personal and self-care, but that funnels into my business and being able to attract abundance and wealth and everything. Your business is only as strong as you are. Yes, yes. Also encourage face-to-face interactions or at least try to get um, your clients on the phone during your booking process because this will help not only validate that you're a human being, and you're a real person. Mm -hmm. And it gives you an opportunity to just establish a name with the face and really connect with them because things get lost over email and it can feel just very robotic and just like you're not um, genuinely vibing with that person. So it's important to, um, I used to do in-person consults, but now with COVID, I'm doing everything over Zoom or FaceTime. Mm -hmm. But it really does, anytime I get in front of a person, they nine times out of 10 book me. So yeah there's there's proof there (laughs) that it works i believe it because they are when you see someone in person you're much more likely to establish a connection with them and Mm -hmm. when you have a connection when clients have a connection with you as a vendor they're going to want to book with you over somebody that you know just sent out a pricing guide or something i've gotten so much feedback from clients that they booked me because i was the only photographer that would take time to talk to them before they gave me money and mm, i just couldn't yep. believe that there are other photographers out there that want a deposit before they will spend any time with you and the reason i do this is because I'm very selective of who I work with. I want to make sure that we have a good understanding of each other and that we work well together because I'm not only with someone on their wedding day, I'm with them during their engagement session. I'm building an album for them. Like I'm doing all these things and tons of planning. So it's important that we have a good relationship going and it's not just some person that I barely know and I don't really know what their likes, dislikes are because that's part of my experience. I, yeah, I love that. And I feel like you and I have a very similar kind of experience with that, that Mm -hmm. I also, I I want them to be, um, I want to vet them a little bit. Like I want to make sure that we vibe well and that we're comfortable with each other and that I feel like I can, you know, talk to them just like human to human. And it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it's necessarily like a business relationship. I want it to feel very personal. So I think that the more personal interactions that you are incorporating into your process, you are going to see a te- like an insane increase in the actual like booked clients versus before if you maybe just had something very simple go out. Um, and I had a very similar experience too. I have been booked multiple times by people and they have told me that they booked me mainly because they were able to talk to me on the phone. And a lot of times, like you were saying with photographers, they are just, photographers will just send out a pricing guide and they want to deposit before any time is spent on the client. Mm-hmm. So I think that that goes a really long way in a client's eyes. Yeah, for sure. And if you are a product-based seller, you know, you can incorporate this in your social media, like showing your face to people because people feel like they're getting that person-to-person interaction if you show your face in your stories and stuff like that. So it's important to incorporate that, not just like in your inquiry process, but if you don't have to consult with your customers, you know, it's important to at least establish that connection that way. Yeah, that's such a good point. Okay, and so we want to leave you on a good note and with some questions to ask yourself. So something I practice regularly and ask myself are, what are my time suckers? So what 
is taking all of my time. A good way to do this is to time yourself when you're doing different steps. So for Mm. me, I like to time myself doing editing because I don't want to spend more than an hour on a 30 minute photo shoot editing. And sometimes that can get away from me. And before I know it, I've spent three hours on this 30 minute session and it's, there's no point in that. Another reason it's good to ask yourself, because this can help you figure out what you can outsource so you can spend more time with your clients or focusing on your clients. Yes, this is such a good, good thing to do and do it often, like set up a quarterly maybe reset of say like, okay, what are the things in my life that are taking away the most time? And Mm -hmm. time is money at the end of the day. If you have something that should only be taking you an hour, but you're finding is taking you three, four hours, you need to sit back and realize, okay, what can I do to make this less? Because you are losing money by not paying attention Mm -hmm. to it. All right, guys. Well, this was a really good episode, Kate. I feel like focusing on your clients is something that we maybe think about a lot, but we don't think about like the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. I think it's easy to get lost because you get so wrapped up in wearing all the hats and you don't realize the clients and customers are the reason why we do this. Exactly. That is such a good way to end that, Kate. I love that. So next episode, we are going to be talking all about holiday stress in lieu of Christmas coming up. We hope you guys enjoy your week and thank you for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.